Vegas Nation sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up. Sports, entertainment, little to no culture. It's time for Unsportsmanlike Conduct with Ed Graney and Adam Hill. Hey, welcome into Unsportsmanlike Conduct with the Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports and presented by the Las Vegas Review Journal and Blue Wire. We're your hosts, Ed Graney and Adam Hill. We're here each week to give you some of our thoughts on the Las Vegas Raiders before entering into the world of news and topics we find interesting. Here we go. Uh, Adam, just news popped up in the last 30 minutes. We're uh, recording this on Friday. Max Crosby gets a huge extension on the second anniversary of him being sober. Um, Let me start with this. Uh, We assumed Max Crosby would be extended at some point. Are you surprised it came now? Uh, $56 million in guaranteed money, four-year extension. Uh, When it came down the pipe, what did you think? Yeah, I mean, I think it makes sense for them to get some cost certainty on Max Crosby. Um, I think there was a couple of schools of thought. One was, hey, he's obviously your best defensive player. Uh, He's getting better and better each season. Uh, If he has an even better season than he just had, he could cost you a whole lot more. Um, The other school of thought would be, hey, he just had a career year. Um, You know, why would you give a guy an extension coming off a career year? See if he can do it again before you give him an extension and maybe the value goes down next year. Uh, but you know, the other thing is right now you're only negotiating against yourself and next year you'd have to potentially negotiate against other teams and somebody might pay them a whole lot more money. So it's a risk. It's a calculation that you make as an organization. Uh, but I think it's pretty clear that the team came in and decided, Hey, we can get some cost certainty on at least one guy, a guy who's going to sign one of the biggest defensive contracts of all time, no matter what, uh, at least you understand for the next couple of years, what you're working with in terms of salary cap space and that sort of thing. Uh, and you have a guy who's not only a really good player, but uh, by all accounts, a great leader. Um, somebody who the team looks at not only for what he does on the field, like we just said, as a as a pass rusher, but also, you know, Patrick Graham talked about it this morning, the new defensive coordinator. Like Max Crosby is just an energy guy. It, it's somebody who it comes in the building just up every day and everybody kind of feeds off that. So that's the kind of person I think they wanted to kind of build around and to reward him for that and to make sure he's here. Uh, for the foreseeable future with the Raiders. So um, understandable. Um, I would say, you know, Dave Ziegler at the Combine uh, said directly about Max Crosby's Crosby's extension, and this is only, you know, a week ago, said not really on the the front burner. It's something that might develop organically over time uh, as you have these discussions throughout the offseason. So clearly that was not um, accurate (laughs) unless they just started this in the last couple of days. but, you know, I think it's something that it makes a lot of sense for this team. Yeah. Um, maybe Dave Ziegler is it a sign of things to come that he doesn't let people in on. And I don't know if he should have. Um, but just to say, you know, if it happens organically, I don't think the organically happened in just like the last several days. I, I mean, it's a good extension, obviously, for him. You said he's a team leader. People seem to love him on the team. You know, Gruden and uh, Bisacci both talked. Bisacci have both talked about first one in, last one out. Um workout maniac complete uh uh loves to work out loves to make himself better said today he wants to be in the hall of fame and you can't do that with one pro bowl and one all pro uh experience that he had this year so love his attitude let me ask you this though because people are going to go immediately to this at least i did correlate this compare this does this have anything to do with Derek carr's extension now on the on the books i mean does Derek carr look at this now and say okay great for max now let's get something done with me 
I'm not sure he's been thinking that for a while. I, I don't think this changes his philosophy. I mean, it, it, you know, it shows that they're willing to commit to the guys that they want to be here long term. And, and they're obviously in a very different situation. I mean, Derek Carr's been in the league a lot longer. Um, you know, he's he's a quarterback, which is a different scenario, of course. Uh, but, you know, he's he's a lot older. Uh, you're not going to necessarily sign that same type of length of extension. You, you're not sure on that one. I, I don't know how much they relate, really. I mean, what it does is it it means that you're going to pay a defensive player all that money. The Raiders have been in this position before. If you pay a defensive player a lot, uh, it affects how much you can pay your top offensive players. Uh, right. That's just what the reality of the salary cap is. But this is not like the kind of deal, while it's a massive deal and one of the biggest we've ever seen for a defensive player, um, it's not going to like blow up their entire plan. Uh, so it's not going like, to it's not going to change that much of the equation. I'm just kind of working through it in my head of how much it might change, what they would pay them. I don't know. I don't know that it has any impact other than, you know, we know that Derek Carr, I'm trying to find the right word. Sensitive isn't the right word, but it, it it's it's in that ballpark. Uh, it's, that's the right word. That's the right <laughs> word. Um, I, th- I think he might be looking at this and like, oh, that's your guy? Right. And, and I'm sure he's going to publicly say he's happy for him and all those other things, but I'm sure he would have preferred that his deal gets done first and that, you know, he's the one that they show commitment to because that's part of what Max Crosby said today. Um, and and all, everybody's like this. Think about it in your own job. Like, if you're listening to this and no matter what you do, um, if you look around and, and people are getting raises and, and you know, contracts and that sort of thing around your, your office and you're not and you think, you know, it's almost time for you to get one, you're going to be not upset by it, but you're going to be like, all right, when is it my turn? Um, but Max Crosby said today, one of the things that he really appreciated about McDaniels and Ziggler is they came in, they looked at their roster and they said, hey, you're the guy. And they called him in and they had meetings with him and said, hey, we want to get your deal done because you're the guy we're building around and you're the guy that we want to make sure is happy and is here and secure. And, you know, we want, you know, we want you to be the example. And and so Max Crosby said he really appreciated that. And he liked that. And I'm sure Derek Carr would have liked to be that person too. But um, I don't know that one of those, you know, I don't know that Max's deal necessarily has that much to do with, with a potential extension of Derek Carr. Do you hear the birds in the background? No. Oh, well, that's good. We're not interrupting the podcast. Got two birds yesterday, river and sky. Are they, wait, didn't you have birds before? Yeah, we've got a lot of birds. These are two new birds over. They're now living in the house. How many uh, birds do you have? A couple parakeets, river and sky. I thought you had birds before. We did. One uh, One left us too soon, far too soon, if you know oh, what I mean. Okay. Uh, and others, we have an aviary where we keep them outside. So this <laughs> one's inside. Okay. By the way, sidebar here. The ones, wait, the ones that are outside, do they like, do they fly away and then come back or they just live out there? They just live out there in the aviary. We're going to get these parakeets to where they can fly around the houses as long as they know where to go back to where the food is. That sounds so, terrible. So if you come over, the birds head. are going to be flying around the house like that movie Birds with about a million birds flying around your head. Um, let, let me, hold on, let me ask you this. Uh, this is not, um, I don't mean to be offensive with this to bird owners out there and to you yourself who's a bird owner like do you form an emotional bond with a bird oh are you kidding me I lo- already two days in i love them i uh i put them to bed at night you know birds are interesting characters they're in their cages right they're not really sure what time of day it is so at night no matter what when the sun goes down you just if you if they're chirping too much they're chirping right now because they're happy because we're lovable bird owners they got their toys they got their food um, you know, they're walking on the perches that helps their, their feet claw down. I mean, it's a great, a great life for them. But when, when you want to stop the chirping at night, you cover them with a big blanket, right. they go right to sleep. They have no idea is what's there, happening. 
No, well, that's that's the thing. First of all, there's no way the birds are happy. Um, oh, they're, when they're chirping, that that's read anything about birds. The, I, that's why I said, can you hear them in the background? They're, they're loving life. I'm the only one at the house right now, and they know I'm here, but I'm not going over and giving them the, the bird talk, which is this. Okay. I got a question. Sure. Okay. Is there a picture of Ed Graney with a bird or birds on his shoulder? Now, I'm hoping to get one on my head, though, because okay. when, when we when we tame them to where they know where to go back to eat, uh, they will probably go on the hand. It takes a long time for them to trust you with your hand in the cage. I've been doing that the last few days and talking to them like this. That's like the speech that they understand. And uh, yeah, I mean, they're talking back to me right now. They're very happy. I, I was going to tell you a sidebar in this. This is crazy. So we wanted to get two birds this week and a new cage. My wife finds one place to go to. She walks in, tons of birds, tons of parakeets, thousands of cages. It, it was weird. It, but the shop didn't really have a name on it. But she had, you know, she Googled it and she went over there and she says, well, OK, you know, what about these two birds? And he kind of looks around, and he looks back, he goes, uh, 300. And she's like, 300? What are you talking about? He goes, well, how much you want? And then she, she thought it was very strange. Then she pointed at a cage, $80. She said, eight, what, what, what is this? What's going on here? You know what the guy says? He goes, have you seen what's going on here? Have you seen gas prices? Okay. Kid tried to correlate the war and gas prices with the birds and the cages. How well, about that? First of all, why are you going to a bootleg bird store? That's where that's where she ended up. I don't know how she found the place, and she's you know she's a bird expert as you know. So I don't know how she found this place. You know, Greenspan, she's always looking for a deal. Um, so she found this place on Google, and then obviously the next day she went and got them from a real bird place. But the nerve of this guy to use the war and the rising gas prices to say he's got to jack up the prices of his birds. Nothing in the store, in the bootleg store, had a price on it. Not one no, thing. He just came not, up with numbers. Yeah, this is not trustworthy. Uh, this is like the uh, the cable guys that were on Seinfeld that were just deciding the price, yes. whatever they wanted to. Uh, <laughs> so, in my, my, and you made the point already, but I always hear birds are smart. But they're clearly just morons because you can just fool them about what time of day it is. Right now, it's the middle of the afternoon as we tape this. You throw the the blanket over their cage; they think it's the middle of the night. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, it depends on the type of bird and their level of intelligence. But these two, uh, they go right out, man. They, uh, I could actually do that. I, I, I could throw it over, and it'd be two in the afternoon. It helps if the sun goes down. Like then, you really have them. Once the sun goes down, like you have them in your paw, there's no chance. If you throw the if you throw the blanket over, I haven't tried to do it in the daytime. Maybe they'd still chirp, but I doubt it because I don't know how bright these two are, river and sky. Um, but uh, yeah, just uh, wanted to say that uh, Larry Mir, our producer, says this sounds like Joe Exotic. Yeah, yeah, you're running a bird sanctuary. <laughs> yes, yes I, you talk, I mean, no, man, where she bought the bird from? I'm, I'm more interested <laughs> in that bootleg bird. Bird, uh, Joe Exotic. This he's selling the birds. Well, I mean, this is. I mean, birds are nesters, right? They make nests. This is literally like the the most extreme empty nest scenario I've ever heard. So you got yeah. the kids go to college. You guys are like we need a hundred birds. Yeah, there were empty. Well, there you go, empty nesters. Good for you. I like yeah. that. Um, yeah, you know we 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 set them up right. Went to the to, to store the other day. Had to get their toys. They love their toys because one looks like a mirror, so they stare at themselves all day and talk to themselves. They think they're talking as another bird. Goes back to your level of intelligence for these. Yeah, so for they're these they're not bright. I don't think River and Sky are bright. They're probably two idiots, but we love them. And uh, yeah, they're they're new and added to the house. How about this? Max Crosby, the Condor. It's the nickname. Yes. 
Yes. Yeah. Well, the, the, these wouldn't the river and sky wouldn't be around very long. I don't think if there was a condor around. Uh, so, and they're not condors. No. So Max Crosby, Max Crosby can uh can keep his money and, and stay away from me. Locals know the SCN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the SCN Sports app today. Download and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up at any of our convenient locations. So, back to football. I also want to talk real quick, uh, before we get out of here today, I want to talk real quick on um, the coordinators. They all had Zooms for the first time, first time to kind of really get to know them. Um I was on my show this morning, um, was not able to jump on, but you got to jump on with all the coordinators, the three coordinators. Just maybe a few quick thoughts on these guys. A lot of people out there might not know a lot about them in Raiderland, um, just names and maybe what they've done in the past. Let's st- start with Mike Lombardi, the offensive coordinator. Anything stand out to you about him? Well, Mike's his dad. Uh, <laughs> makes oh, sense. Man. Listen, Mike, I am under I am under the I am under the weather today. I've got to tell the people out there. I, I barely woke up for this thing. Uh, you guys said, "Hey, you can take the week off." I said, "No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna follow through. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna gut it out. I'm gonna be like my birds." So I apologize about that. So wait, did somebody throw like a blanket over your cage and you just went to sleep? They threw it over my head. I'll tell you one thing. Yeah, you're trying to be funny. When I get home from the show, I passed out. I I, I set the alarm for one fifty just so I could be with you today. Perfect. Uh, I appreciate that. Um, but no, Mike Lombardi is mixed dad, which is uh, you know obviously yeah. relevant. Because Mike Lombardi spent a lot of time in Raiders organization, and Mick Lombardi said he grew up as a Raider. Uh, he was in the building. He was in, you know, he was on the practice field. He was. Um, that's kind of where he got his passion for football. So to be back with the Raiders is very important for him and his family. Um, he's excited about the job. I think it's a, it's an interesting dynamic of how the the the, the power structure is going to play out when you have got a guy like Josh McDaniels who's been an offensive coordinator for so long. We believe is expected to still call the plays. So Josh McDaniel is essentially the offensive coordinator and, um, you know, uh, Mick Lombardi will be essentially the, you know, the lead assistant on offense, the quarterback coach, the, um, you know, do all those things kind of similar to how it was with Gruden and Greg Olson uh, when John Gruden was here. Uh, So, you know, he didn't really answer the question directly about balance of power and, you know, that sort of thing of who's making the final decisions and all of that, uh, because I think it still hasn't been worked out. I think, you know, Lombardi will be running the offense on a day-to-day basis at practice. Um, you know, during the game, we'll see McDaniels probably call the plays, but Lombardi kind of have an active role in that um, because he'll, he'll be able to do it at some point, uh, maybe when other things are going on. So uh, I think it'll be it'll be very interesting to see how that plays out. And obviously, McDaniels has been around him for a while. Uh, Lombardi talked about uh, the first time that he worked with McDaniels, you know, several years ago, I think it was 2012. Um, and he said the only thing he knew was how to pick up players from the airport. Uh, that was kind of his job, and that's what he did. Uh, then he went and kind of did his own thing for a while, came back. Uh, McDaniels brought him back in uh, as one of his top assistants in New England, and he said it was a totally different dynamic because he had learned so much. He had been uh, so educated on the game of football through all the, all the minds he's worked with, um, including, obviously, Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels in New England, um, and he's just much more ready for that job now. So while he's still very young, uh, and and I think that's the striking thing about a lot of this coaching staff is that it's young and energetic and kind of a different feel than many staffs. Um, he he's I think he's he underst- he knows what he doesn't know, and I think that was an important part of what he was saying today. Like he is he is really open to learning a lot of different things still, even at this point of his career. Uh, now that he's an offensive coordinator, where a lot of people would say, "Oh, you've kind of made it." 
uh, he's still learning and he talked about that. So I think that's, that's very impressive that he, he understands that there's kind of a whole world of offense still out there to learn. All right, let's move over to the other side of the ball. Now, Patrick Graham, the new defensive coordinator, um, uh, said he likes good players. If you can give him good players, he'll be fine. Uh, any thoughts on what other than that, what Patrick Graham said, because I'll also tell the people out there what he said about his, what his base defense is going to be. I thought that was really interesting because everyone came in. Well, is he going to run a three, four? Is he going to run a four, three? What did he have to say about that? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll save that part for just a second. I'll just say on the good players thing. A lot of people are talking about that on Twitter. And just to put that in some context, um, he was just kind of asked about, you know, weighing in on the free agent process and the draft process and, you know, kind of lobbying for the players that he wants. Like, is there a specific type of safety, a specific kind of corner, a specific kind of linebacker that you really want? And he said, you know, of course, that he'll have uh, thoughts and he'll share those. Uh, but he said, really, all he t- all he says to his personnel people are, you give me good players, I'll figure it out. And I think that applies to the 3-4-4-3 three, four, four, three, four, three debate that you're referring to. Um, Patrick Graham has played a lot of 3-4 defense as a coordinator uh, in the NFL. And when he was announced as the defensive coordinator, I think there was a lot of uh, panics, probably not the right word, but a lot of eyebrows raised uh, for people saying, wait a minute, 3-4 does not really fit what you have. Like, you don't have enough linebackers right now to play that. You don't have the type, right type of linebackers. Uh, you also don't have the right type of defensive linemen, including Max Crosby and Unique Ngakwe, who don't really fit a 3-4 necessarily. Um, and, and there was you know a lot of kind of that skepticism about the hire, including from Max Crosby. And I'll tell you this, um, I talked to him at the Pro Bowl, and you could tell there was a little bit of hesitation with Max Crosby uh, in the – Hey, look, we'll figure it out. You know, I don't know too much about him yet. You know, he's coming in. And that was just when the rumors were kind of out there of like, that he was going to be hired. And Max Crosby today during his contract extension press conference talked about it. He said, you know, I was nervous when Patrick Graham was announced. It was, hey, this guy plays a 3-4. That doesn't really fit what I do necessarily. I'm going to have to figure that out. And he said he was reassured not only by Patrick Graham, but also by Joe McCoy. And Joe McCoy, of course, you know, in the Raiders building, uh, was suspended this last year and injured. Um, but he has talked to Max Crosby quite a bit. And Max Crosby said he talked to him. And what McCoy told him was, hey, man, I've been around the league a lot. And, you know, Gerald McCoy, obviously, you know, multi-year star, multi-pro bowls, everything that he's done. He said he's been around the league a lot, played with a, different, a lot of different coordinators and a lot of different schemes. And he said the one common thing is that if you go do your job and play, like the rest of it doesn't matter. And that's what Patrick Graham said as well. He said, look, we've got right, good players. Right. We'll figure it out. I just want them to go do the I mean, job that they're asked to do. 50, 50 also, yeah. Yeah. If, he, if they didn't think he fit the scheme, they wouldn't have given him, you know, 50 million guaranteed and $100 million over the next they four just years. They this guy 50-something um, million dollars. Yeah. For sure. Um, and, and so but what, what Patrick Graham said is, hey, look, um, I know a lot of people talk about 3-4 and 4-3. He's like, that's kind of antiquated. Like you just go out there and play defense now, and a lot there's so many nickels, so many sub packages, uh, so many different things that you do defensively that you're very rarely in base defense anyway. So even if it is a three four base, it's not really going to matter, and they'll figure it out to kind of adjust to uh, adjust to their scheme a little bit. So uh, we'll see what they do in terms of maybe going out and getting you know that uh, that dynamic edge rushing four you know three four type linebacker that can come off the edge. Uh, we'll see if they do that. Uh, but for right now, uh, they're not too worried about how Max Crosby is going to fit. They're going to they're going to make sure the, the the scheme fits to what Max Crosby does. 
so I think people can stop worrying about that part of it. Um, really short on specifics, though. And th- that makes sense. I mean, they've only been in the building a month. Uh, they're still trying to figure out their own roster, and they don't know who's going to be there, who's not going to be there in terms of trades and cuts and everything else. Uh, but I really, one of the things I really wanted to know, and I asked him uh, the question, was about what role he foresees for Jonathan Abram. You know, we, we know that Jonathan Abram thrived, relatively thrived, uh, in playing that, you know, box safety role and was a mess right. in coverage when he was a deep safety. And you know the Gus Bradley scheme last year kind of made use of that. It, it had a safe, a box safety near the line of scrimmage that Jonathan Abram could play. Had a single high uh, deep safety with Trayvon Merrick, who they drafted and brought in and played that role really well. And those guys complemented each other uh, pretty well last year. But what you know, where does Jonathan Abram fit? Where does that role fit in a Patrick Graham defense? And he said. Um, Without talking about specific players, he just said there's different roles that safety can play or different places you can put guys. And he kind of referenced, he's like, you know, you can play a safety in the box. You can play him close to the line if that's his strength. Um, but there was no specific mention of, yeah, we think Jonathan Abram can do this or that. Um, really no player. So I'm not going to say it was just about Abram. They wouldn't really get into specifics about anybody. Uh, so I think that was um, pretty interesting as well. Uh, real quick, Tom McMahon is the special teams coordinator. I thought uh, one comment he had was very interesting. Talked about he wants to guys that can strain. Said the word strain a lot. I was with someone this morning who's wondered if this guy needed more fiber. Uh, I didn't know what it was really about or what that was about. But where did you come off with the word strain? What was he talking about? Like working hard, like outworking the other guy. That and I think it was more you want to put you want to put strain on the other team um, in terms of you know your job as a, as a as a special teams unit. You know we talk about punting and field goals, but that's such a small part. Um, it's a big part, but it's, you know, he said, you want to put strain on the defense or excuse me, on the other offense. So when you punt or you kick off, you want to put them in a position where they have some strain, right? Uh, this He talks about strain in multiple ways, but this is one of the ways uh, you want to strain them. Like you want to make them take the field and say, oh man, we're at our own eight. Oh, we're at our own 12. Like we got to figure this out. Uh, when you kick off, same thing. You don't want to get them in a position where they're like, all right, we're cool. We're at the 25, we're at the 30. We're comfortable there. Uh, you want to put them in, in more uncomfortable positions. Um, and also talked about the strain of, you know, working hard and, um, you know, putting guys, uh, putting guys out there that are going to, um, you know, that are going to strain themselves to, to really try and to, uh, to give you the best effort that they can defensively, but, or, or on the special teams units. But I think it was mostly about putting strain on the other team with your, with your special teams. And that's what his goal is uh, as a special teams coach. And, you know, the, the question I asked him specifically was, about you know coverage units and figuring out those types of situations are you know are, are such a big part of the job but how comforting is it to come into a, a spot where you have kicker and punter not only you know all pro level but also signed for a couple of years like there's no worry about who's going to be there like you can just trust in your kicker and your punter and worry about everything else and he said it's great for a special teams coach and he also pointed out that he's had the situation once before when he went to Indianapolis and he had uh, Adam Vinatieri and Pat McAfee, two of the best at their position at the time uh, in the league. So he said it was kind of reminiscent of that situation when you get AJ Cole and Daniel Carlson. And uh, by the way, on a side note with those two, uh, they talked all year about wanting to have a cage fight against each other. Um, this was a running theme throughout the season, the AJ Cole, Daniel Carlson, who's going to win a fight. And I can tell you, 
that they did attend the UFC event last week together at T-Mobile. And I asked them if they were going to step in the cage and, and be the main event. Uh, they didn't seem ready for it. They didn't want that smoke just yet. They don't want that. They don't. They don't. They don't uh, trust themselves just yet to be able to do that. I think they do it, but I don't think they're ready that night. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Um, your your negative comments have put the birds to sleep. So I'm not very happy with you. I haven't even had to throw the blanket over them yet. They're out there. The talking has stopped. I feel bad for them. I'm gonna have to go out there and play with uh, play with them a little in terms of giving them some food, trying to get them on my hand, and uh, continue the process of really taming these things. How what? How much? How long is the process? Well, it, it it differs with birds. I mean, they could be really quick as long as they know where to fly back to for the food. They'll go back. But if they get confused and think the food's like in the bedroom, we're gonna have this this bird flying around our room all night if we don't, you know, handle this stuff. So as long as they know, you take them away a little, and then you they, they you put them back and all that. As long as they know where the food is, they'll go back to it. I just I'm I'm hearing the word you have to tame these wild birds, and as you say it, I'm looking at. One of my dogs, who is laying on his back uh, with a, his head on two pillows, tucked with a comforter, sleeping. I'm like, yeah, he's pretty tamed, I think. Yeah. <laughs> he needs uh, pillows and I feel, a comforter. I feel to bad enough to where I'd like to join him right now, get under the covers. Uh, he he needs a wood comforter. What? Yeah, he needs to be tucked in with a comforter. Yeah, and yeah you, got, you got smart dogs. I'm happy for you. <laughs> Hey, he's a smart dog. Well, I've been around smart. there. He's a complete lunatic, too. One smart, one's kind of an idiot. Well, there's your bird talk. There's your dog talk and the little raiders for you. We hope you enjoyed it. That's going to do it for our latest edition of Unsportsmanlike Conduct of the Vegas Nation, so- sponsored by Station Casinos, ST, and Sports, and presented by the Las Vegas Review Journal and Blue Wire. Remember now, there are new episodes of Vegas Nation every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Subscribe to Vegas Nation on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any podcasting app. Find all that coverage and more at VegasNation.com. For our producer, Larry Meir, and my co-host, Adam Hill, I'm the Birdman, Ed Graney. We'll talk to you next week. Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN Sports app today. Download and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up at any of our convenient locations.